Here are Paul and Judy. They can do lots of things. You can do lots of things too. Welcome to A Thousand and One Good Nights, a new podcast about the stories behind bedtime stories. Turn the pages with two new dads, one a psychologist and one a book editor, as they try to understand the nighttime ritual of their foreseeable future. I won't ask you why you liked Pat the Bunny because it's pretty obvious from our sort of preliminary conversations and uh, that that this isn't a, a Nick Brignall uh, favorite. But uh, what what made you want to talk about Pat the Bunny? Um, so all the books so far that we've talked about have been favorites. I think they're books we really like. Um, and I, if nothing else, I thought it would be interesting to talk about a book that we actively disliked. Um, at least I actively dislike and, and Pat the bunny has the interesting, it, I, I, I would say that I'm, I'm well on my way. Okay. To, to disliking Pat the bunny. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but what's so intriguing to me is the contrast of how much I dislike this book and how much my daughter loved this book for a period of time. Just really, really like they were proportional. Our, our feelings were proportional. Um, and that it's just so, strange to me so i really want to try and unpack that a little bit but but i thought first i'd, I'd do a small little litany of, of things reasons why i dislike pat sure. the bunny <laughs> just to kind of make my case here um so i you know the, the first thing ab- about pat the bunny is it's just really boring like i don't know how any adult can read this book and not just be bored out of their mind after the first re- there there's like zero narrative structure here really at all it there's no there's absolutely unless i'm missing something absolutely no conflict at or like challenge at all in what happens which maybe is not surprising given that there's no narrative structure to it at all um and so i think that's the first thing it's just i I mean i i I will i'll i'll jump on that for just a second and say i it is pretty bland like even the fact I thought that the, the book was about a bunny named Pat, but you find out in the story the bunny is actually just named Bunny. That's how like they couldn't even they couldn't even right. come up with the no name. It's like they're waiting for them in the title. Like <laughs> it is. It is so bland. Um and so I think that's viscerally that's a big part of why I'd really dislike this book, is because it it there is nothing engaging to me about it at all but then you know on further reflection and i i'm interested to what you think about this maybe i'm missing the point like maybe it's not a maybe it's it's maybe it's not really a story at all maybe it's an activity like it's a sequence of activities and so to a kid and we we can talk more about this um why kids are so uh, interested in it. But, but that if, after thinking about this book, I, I thought, you know, maybe I'm thinking about this wrong. Like it happens to be in a little book, but maybe it's not a story. It's just, it's a sequence of activities that happens to be in book form. Um, so you're saying it's kind of the, the thing that you might um, like take with you in a bag to a restaurant to sort of occupy children and give them something to do as opposed to like a traditional narrative structure or plot. Like, Yeah, it's just, it's an activity or, or even like a game, but it's not a story. And I think I always, part of my dislike is that 
I just intuitively went like I had this expectation that it would be a story. And then like every time I was like, this isn't a story. There's nothing happening here. And was that expectation because it was in book form and so you felt I mean, and maybe (laughs) and it went along with all the other books and stories we were reading uh in the evenings with my daughter so i think that's that's another big part of it and then the the third thing um that i just i I have to point out is i i feel like the the illustrations in this book are just extremely creepy and and kind of unnerving um so Yeah, yeah i will say that the uh like the first of all, the whole like I find that the daddy shaving, uh, like, like, like you know, sort of like caress daddies, and also like you're <laughs> caressing Judy's daddy's cheek, which I think is a little strange, and like the the unshaven portion of beard is like this very weird like leech, like rough leech lesion or something like that. Yeah, it's a hole. Like it's like a hole in his face yeah. that's scratchy. Who man, right. yeah, just, I just, just yeah, there's just terrible. a lot of creepy kind of semi creepy moments here like like weird hand placements like in the first page judy's crouching over and she's actually the one who looks like a bunny and she's sort of oddly rubbing the bunny's tummy like it's a pregnant bunny and then and then paul and judy at the end on the last page when they're waving goodbye paul's sort of like reaching over rubbing judy's tummy too like a a lot of tummy rubbing going on and i mean i guess the book is called pat and it's got pat in the title but i don't know i'm and then the you know the weird just blobby looking bunny in the bunny book you know i mean just really starts to look like more of an alien than a bunny yeah everything about the body part like it's also the the weird thing where i don't know how where Judy looks in the mirror and she's got the mirror lying down and yeah, she's sort she's... of like crouched over and <laughs> pressing her face into it. I don't know, man. So I, th- there's just a lot of, and I, you know, I get it that, you know, this person's just drawing her own illustrations, you know, and, um, but like, come on, like practice a little with the bunny, you know, and make it look <laughs> somewhat like a bunny. Cause it, it, it hurts as it like to read through this and see so much kind of, vaguely creepy stuff oh and then the the ring thing like the the moms like i'm getting a very like lord of the rings sort of like impending doom if you put this ring on and then the hand like just kind of the creepy hand coming down holding this ring and you're supposed to i don't know maybe i'm reading way too much into this but it's just always felt kind of creepy to me well it's also amplified by the fact that Everything that's creepy or weird, you have to do twice because it's Judy can look in the mirror. Now you look in the mirror. (laughs) Yeah, and that sort of authoritarian, like you do this now. Like that's that feels, and maybe this is just a a generational dating thing, but I can't think of any other children's books that I've come in contact with where the narrator is sort of commanding the child to do things. Like that feels strange. Yeah, I I feel like a lot of time with these kind of books, they say something like. uh, why don't you give this a try or yeah, like, right. or even, you know, even in Richard's Creek, can, can you find Goldbug or and, right. but it's not like Judy's now, done it. Now you have to do it. It's you kind of, in all caps. Now you read the book. <laughs> you know, <what's, laughs> it's kind of like, you know, if, if like some kind of weird cult thing where the, the, the cult leader has his own child do something. And it's like, see, Judy's doing it. <laughs> right. What's wrong with you? Judy does it. <laughs> Okay, so that's that's partly me airing my grievances and, and just venting a little bit. But I think it's also a good setup for maybe the more interesting question is, why do kids find this so fascinating? Um, and I, so I, I think part when you, if you've read anything about the, the history of this book, it, it was somewhat pioneering in terms of 
being one of the first kind of interactive touchy feely type books. Um, right. I, I will also say that being a touchy feely pioneer is also kind of a, a, a creepy <laughs> plot. <laughs> but right. Yeah. So I think in the history of children's books, I can see how like intellectually this book maybe holds a certain, you know, can be held in some esteem because it, it sort of moved the field in a new direction. Um, but to me, that doesn't explain my why my daughter w- with her, you know, she's really only been exposed to, I mean, primarily more modern children's books. Like, why was she so enthralled by this book? I'd, and, and again, there's the, it is like engaging, it's active. So I can see how kids would get some enjoyment out of that. And the, you know, it's, it's sensory, it engages, you know, kind of feel and smell and, um, and sight. But I don't know, it just, it, my daughter's enthusiasm for this book seemed disproportionate to what the merits that I might be able to see in the book. Paul can smell the flowers. Now you smell the flowers. Judy can look in the mirror. Now you look in the mirror. Judy can feel daddy's scratchy face. Now you feel daddy's scratchy face. Jack loves it too. So I mean, okay. you know, so like he he's only he's had a very uh, this has only come into his life and ours. Thank you very much. <laughs> You're welcome. Be- be- because you were so, you know, had so many hot sports opinions about it. But um, yeah, no, I think he really likes it. And he he likes it even though it's one of like a, a multitude of other touchy-feely options that he has out there. Yeah. So what what is that? Do you think it's, is it something about the like the visual style or the fact that it's, it's very like ordinary mundane activities maybe. Okay. So I'll, so one one thing is that it like, um, it is from the get go very affirming, like, (laughs) like, um, (laughs) and and you know that we're big fans of affirmation. So, you know, it starts off here, Paul and Judy, they can do lots of things. You can do lots of things too. So Mm. that's, 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 that's encouraging. Okay. And then, you know, it, uh, it doesn't attempt to get too fancy, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> but there are some clever little things, like the fact that there's a book within a book, Judy's book, which is about Bunny and like is like honestly the the uh, the book within a book is is like a very like it is like a boiled down composition of so many other children's books that I've read, where it's you know Bunny doing things that you that. The kids can really identify with like sleeping, eating, <laughs> like, that, <laughs> that, 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 that sort of thing. Um, so that, that's kind of like a nice. That, but, that's what, a nice little t- but as an adult, you it's clever. So I get that as an adult, you might find some some appeal in that. But what's so appealing about a book within a book to a kid? Like, do you think they pick up on the fact that that's clever? That there's a book within a book. I think or, they, I think they know that it, it's something different. Like right away, Jack. I mean, it was like a huge imaginative, like he, first of all, he, one of the first things that, that he loved about books in general was just the exercise of turning pages. Yeah. And so here you, you get a chance to sort of turn pages without like losing really where you, where you are in the story. (laughs) And if you get lost in the story. Yeah. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Well, maybe, and maybe that's part of it is that because it's so simplistic, 
it's very, you know, I think in, uh, something that really um, anticipation really accentuates positive feelings about things, right? So because the content is so mundane and ordinary and because there is zero storyline to keep track of, it's very easy to for a kid, I would imagine, to anticipate what's coming next. Does that, what, what do you yeah, think about that? Yeah, that makes sense. And then also I think there's something to be said for the fact that like the, I think it's really exciting for kids to sort of discover their own agency. So you see, I mean, as much as we make fun of Paul and Drew doing things and then being able to copy them, I've, you know, I think, uh, there is something nice about like you see something happening and then right away you want to try it out. Like, I mean, that's mm-hmm. one of the reasons that like animal noises are so fun because for whatever reason, you know, you, that's something that for some, you know, kids seem to be able to make some of those noises pretty quickly. Yeah. And it's right away, you know, I make a moo noise, Jack makes it all of a sudden he's participating and he's involved. And yeah, I mean, it really so is like you, huh. you are like, I mean, what, like we said, it's an interactive book and it's, you know, it's simple, but it's, it's not trying to have them do like trigonometry or anything. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. So the sense of, uh, agency, maybe affirmation, sense of agency, this, I mean, and, and I'm never going to argue like peekaboo. Like it's one of those things. Like it's just a tried and true thing. You know what I mean? Like, right. like everybody, like, everybody knows how to play peekaboo. Even before I became a parent, I, 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 that was on sort of my, uh, horizon is something that, that, that kids like to right, do. Any kid, <laughs> Who, what kid's right. going to turn down peekaboo? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And if not, then, then like maybe you need to have then like other questions. Huh? Okay. All right. Well, that's, you know, that I, I feel like we got a few things there. Do you, here's another thing I, I've been trying to think, how can I have a better attitude about Pat the bunny? You know, are, are there things I can do to make the, if nothing else, to make the experience more enjoyable for myself. Um, so how do you, what do you do when you're reading the book to like, do you do anything to kind of like spice it up or make it more appealing? Well, here's, here's maybe the comforting thing about this. It it seems that in in spite of the fact that you obviously kind of hate this book, (laughs) it sounds like you're doing a really good job (laughs) with it because your, your, your kids really loved it. So maybe that's like, (laughs) <laughs> Maybe that's a testament to the book itself. It's like, even though you are not a believer, the formula is just like, you can't mess it up. Right. You can't, even if you go in there, like, like hoping that if you kind of like slack off or do a half-hearted job, they'll, your lose, kids interest. Won't be, they'll lose interest <laughs> and they'll ask for some other book sometime. You just, it's like, it's, it's too... It, it's so good that even like parents can't like, 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 like screw it up. Well, I feel like this is a, an appropriate time to confess that th- there was one occasion where, well, actually, there were multiple occasions where I <laughs> tried to hide the book, like physically hide the book so that it couldn't be read. And I, my wife caught me one time hiding Pat the Bunny under the couch. And I. <laughs> <laughs> she basically pulled it back out again and allowed my daughter to, to see it. And well, what, then, what is, course, what is, what does she think about, uh, Pat the bunny? Does she also kind of think it's, I, I don't want to, if, if she's not ready to, to, to go on the record about Pat the bunny, that's fine. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, I, I don't think she has quite the same level of disdain that I do, but I think she does find it incredibly boring. Um, she was much more of a trooper about just sort of reading it as many times in a row as Elena wanted it to be read. Um, Whereas I w- after every one, I was like, 
And now, how about, you know, how about <laughs> Waldo or how about Library Lion or how about, you know, and it was, and of course, maybe there's like a backfire reverse psychology thing there where, of course, you suggested, you know, one book and they, your kid instinctively chooses something totally opposite. So, right. Um, well, I, yeah. Well, so I will say this book feels also so dated as like a 1940s, like, you know, the yeah. kind of like, like the things that the way that you interact with your mother is like putting your finger through her ring. Like, like you know, or like daddy, you interact with daddy because he's a man and he's shaved, like he's right. shaving, like he's like the old fashioned, you know, brush. Right. And, you know, uh, like the things that Judy does are like looking in a mirror. You know, like, you know, right. And even the kids, they're super white and super blonde and like, right. Just, yeah. And, and, and they then seem he, like they seem like some kind of pamphlet you might find um, in the bottom of like a fallout shelter or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, and even the color palette is so like 40s, 50s Americana, you know, that kind of like pale, pastel-y, teal and kind of salmon-y. And the, yeah, just it, you're right. It feels totally dated. But all the more like that's in, obviously kids just don't. I, I don't know. Like that doesn't bother them at all or they actually like it there's something about that aesthetic that's appealing maybe that's safe yeah but i don't know i mean it, it is one thing i will say and this is a kind of uh like follow up on on what you, it it seems really bland now but as someone in book publishing like i can see why it also might have been kind of a bold move i mean <laughs> if you met so first of all like not not to do too deep a dive into the history of uh, like interactive <laughs> interactive children's <laughs> literature, but um, like the sort of the I forget the, like a Volvel or something like that was is, is the first thing like that. And it was like for astronomical charts back a thousand A.D. when or Arabic you know medical text or something like that where you could turn a little paper wheel. Okay, but that was about as complex as it got. And in the the eighteen hundreds, they sort of the the rudimentary. Uh, pop-up books uh, came into came into being but at this point we're still all taught it's just it's all paper right. and i think this is one of the first ones where like you're in that sweet spot between <laughs> the great depression and world <laughs> war ii and you're like what if we reduce like the cheapest part of book production which is the words and we introduce this hodgepodge of cloth peekaboo cloth and uh sandpaper to like <laughs> make the printing process as complicated and expensive as right. possible. And like there's, there, there's some, uh, you've seen that article in, in the, when the times did that, uh, the New York times did that oh, 50 yeah. year re retrospective on 50 years of Pet the bunny back in 1990. Right. What was, they said there's um, like a, 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 in 1990, Pat the bunny was using like a, to make the quarter of a million copies, uh, Acres of sandpaper beard, six football fields of peekaboo cloth, and enough metalized polyester to mirror over a small lake. I mean, that is like it, it, when you're the first book to to try something like that, and it's like, I, I don't know. <laughs> like we have to design machines to 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 do this. I don't even know what the, what the, how they uh, like. Okay, what okay, you know what's the author's name? You know Dorothy. Why don't you 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 come to the factory and when when they're buying, you just like quickly stitch some peekaboo cloths in there and see how easy that is. You know. And it's and it's you know it was incredibly su successful and it and it's it just stood the test of time in, in the wake of all these copycats and I, I don't know so I don't, and I don't know if that's just there's something about if you're the first you sort of 
get this toehold and nostalgia and, and people, people's parents, you know, if, I mean, did you, did, did you experience Pat the Bunny as a child yourself? I was thinking about this. I definitely have memories of it, but it's hard to know whether it was my own memories as a young child being read to, or if it was just like this book was around with other like younger siblings and cousins and stuff. Um, So I I have memories of it, but I don't, I'm, I'm doubtful that they were my own because it's, it's for pretty young kids. Um, so I don't I don't know if I remember books from when I was like two maybe or three. That's, maybe maybe you know maybe to establish its status is like the go to <laughs> touchy feely book, and so that's just what people had on hand, and then yeah, they and then and then you grow up, you know, with that. If this was the, I mean, I if, if this is the first time you really interact with a peekaboo cloth or a mirror or or, or something like that. I mean, uh, the first book that that Jack interacted with was that uh, that light up turtle book. Oh yeah, and. And I thought it was super gimmicky and he loved it. And then by the end of it, I loved it. And so <laughs> if, if instead of, uh, like the, like the, the touch the turtle, or whatever, <laughs> my turtle in me is what it's called. <laughs> um, instead of my turtle in me, I had stumbled on Pat the bunny first. Maybe this would be a whole, like a whole different, you know, conversation. So well, maybe we'll check in in six months and see if you've uh, turned the corner on Pat the bunny. <laughs> I don't know. I, with each, like, like with, with each, with each reading, you know, I feel like I just like it a little bit more. Okay. Um, do you mind if I, uh, you, you ready to, to have a little lightning round <laughs> before we kiss Pat the bunny goodbye until this. the next time you have to, to take it off the shelf and read it. Um, so you talked about spicing up Pat the Bunny. If there was a, a standard child activity in the in the Wignall household that you would like to add to the Pat the Bunny rotation, what would it be? Um, I don't know how this would work logistically, but with both daughters relatively independently loved making like making coffee with me in the morning, like making coffee with dad. Uh, in particular, adding half and half to the coffee and then stirring it with the little coffee stirrer. So I don't, uh, you know, we'd have to figure out the uh, the logistics of that. And maybe being in publishing, you, you might have some insights on that. But if we could get some, like, somehow pour milk and stir into the coffee cup, that might be my answer. Yeah, okay, okay. And that's, I mean, that's no better, that's no worse. Than, <laughs> that's funny, um, do you feel like uh, your kids have been interested in feeling daddy's scratchy face or putting their finger through mummy's ring like, as a result of the story cafe? Zero interest in the ring. Okay. Um, I, I think uh, sometimes when we're reading it and we do the scratchy face, the, they will reach up and scratch my face. Um, but it's not like that interest to my face has generalized to just, you know, daily life and them coming up and say, dad, I want, I want to scratch your face. Um, Okay. So we talked about how the the rabbit's a little amorphous and creepy. If you to what to what fictional rabbit does Bunny bear the strongest resemblance? Uh, the Donnie Darko Nightmare Rabbit, the Velveteen <laughs> Rabbit, Bugs Bunny, Peter Rabbit, or Rabbit from Winnie the Pooh stories? Oh, uh, okay, definitely not Winnie the Pooh. I don't think Peter Rabbit. I <laughs> I would say that this my take on Pat the Bunny is that it has maybe the physical form of the Velveteen Rabbit, but certainly the spirit of Donnie Darko's Nightmare <laughs> Rabbit. <laughs> I think that's even more terrifying. <laughs> 
Um, all right. So here's the desk. You have to give an adult friend, uh, without children, um, a, a birthday present, but all you have is an extra copy of Pat the Bunny. <laughs> How do you sort of sell them on Pat the Bunny as, as a birthday present? That is literally the only thing I can give them is Pat the Bunny. You can only give it to them and it has to be like, and you have to act as if you went out and bought Pat the Bunny for them specifically because it's so great because <laughs> like, 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 oh, Roger, you're going to love this. Like I, I, I saw it and it was so you, you know, well. <laughs> Oh, uh, I suppose um, I, I would lie and say something like um, I'd use my own expertise and say something like, you know, within the pages of Pat the Bunny lies like the secret to emotional well-being and, and psychological health. Okay. So, you know, you and, just, and, you and, just and ponder coming, this. And coming, and coming from you, like as, as a psychologist you know, that, that would bear some additional weight <laughs> like, i mean maybe those, those, those are the best kind of lies that's, that's <laughs> the best shot i got for how you justify doing something like that okay <laughs> hey everyone we hope you enjoyed this episode of a thousand and one good nights if you want to learn more about this book and other bedtime stories check out our website at a thousand and one goodnights.com that's 1001goodnights.com. Be sure to sign up for our monthly email newsletter to get updates about upcoming seasons and other new content. Finally, please help us out by rating the show on iTunes. This helps spread the word about the show and get it in front of new listeners each week. 